Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the parade story with my friend, Anthony Satarja. How's it going, Anthony? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on, Joe. I'm very excited to have you on. So, Anthony, please introduce yourself and your company. My name is Anthony Satarja. I'm co-founder and CEO of Parade. And we are building freight brokerage software and enabling brokers to bring their business online, particularly around how they go buy and sell truckload capacity. Uh, And we do that with AI-enabled workflows. We do that through our ecosystem of partners to ultimately help brokers find trucks faster, help them get more efficient, and use data to grow their business. Excellent. So when we were talking just before we hit record just now, I was asking you, you know, what problem you solve. And I was talking, your your name came up, Parade came up on my last podcast with Don Salvucci Favier, Favier. and um, she was talking about Parade. And so I was asking, what problem do you solve? And so tell me one more time, you work with, you don't work on the pricing side, you work on the getting you a carrier side. So what problem do you, and who do you solve this problem for? Yeah, yeah, great great question. And I think, you know, stepping back a bit, there's so much activity in free tech and everyone trying to solve a lot of difficult problems. Right. And what's going to enable the industry to move forward are companies that can work together and join join up and really help solve problems together. And so we, we've, I think, demonstrated that in the past with a lot of our existing partnerships with folks like DAT and Keep Trucking and how do we help brokers find trucks on these various platforms. And I think it's exciting to see so much activity and innovation happening. And, you know, where, where we fit into all of this innovation that's happening is particularly around the freight broker and their problems on how do you find and book a truck? And you know, there's a lot of other problems that the broker has, you know. Oh yeah, but that's a big one. <laughs> but there's pricing, there's payments, there's you know, uploading the BOLs on time and all these things. Visibility comes up quite a few Visibility, <laughs> right. lots of different problems. The problem that we are Poorly focused on is how do you go find a truck and get that booked more efficiently? And today, the bottlenecks of you know, there's 900,000 trucking companies out there. They may not use any sort of systems. They are usually hanging out on their phone or over email. And so the broker is left trying to call, trying to email, whether they post it out to the, you know DAT or truck stop or or just have a Rolodex of carriers that they're calling, it becomes this very manual offline interaction just to go secure a truck to a load. And that bandwidth ends up being maybe 10 loads per day per person. And so the premise of Parade is, and how do we accelerate that? How do we give them all the data on where available trucks are and what historical carriers that they might've used, what carriers that they, another team member might have used in the past, but this person wasn't aware of whether the brokerage enable that data collaboration so that ultimately the broker is able to tap every single piece of data under the fingertips to just find the right truck, 
book them the load and automate a lot of that transaction so that they can do more freight. Right. So when I think about, when I talk to a lot of freight brokers and a lot of times they'll say something along this line. So, well, we work with over 20,000 carriers there, or there's 40,000 carriers in our network. And I always say, how many checks did you write last month? And that number is usually much less. It's two or 300. And so I think that speaks a little bit to the problem that you're trying to deal with is when they're looking for carriers, they have a close relationship probably with everybody they wrote a check to. Because if you wrote it one month, there's a good chance I think you wrote it multiple months, right? Because those are your steady guys. But then you have all these other carriers that they're in your system, but how do I know which one to call? So I I could get on and say, hey, um, Anthony, can you move this? You say, Joe, I'm in California. Why do you want me to pick up in Chicago? Right. And so I go, well, you're on my list. Right. And, I, and even if I start to cross reference those with Anthony's in California, that's only minimally helpful because I don't know that you didn't go to Chicago a lot. And I know people are getting very sophisticated about it, but having a big list isn't particularly helpful if I can't find who I want on that list. Right. 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 Well, and so I think you know, the, the way we think about capacity for freight brokerages, there's the folks that how do we narrow in on the list and hydrate it with the best information possible on do they actually have an available truck? And so we, we go through various sources on coming through their email inbox where we wrote this natural language processing engine that actually reads all these emails that the truckers send and finds it for real time capacity all the way to things like, you know, is a carrier actively searching on a load board somewhere and using that as real-time data to say, okay, if they're searching, well, they're also interested in this type of load at this point in time. And we've seen that they've done it in the past as well. So this is a really good, good hit for us. And so that's a lot of data points to go sift through. We bring that all of that information to one place so that the broker can just focus on, right, if I have worked with them, let's go develop that relationship and really try to reuse those carriers. Now, on the flip side, not every, you know, you mentioned earlier, you know, 20,000 carriers and, we're only writing recurring checks to 200 carriers. Right. There's still, you know, the handful of people that are, or brokerages that are trying to build up their networks and really expand and find the right carriers as maybe they're not working at the right carriers today. And so DAT and these marketplaces are valuable products in helping gain discovery of new carriers. And so, when, you know, how do we help enable the industry to also work more efficiently even when they go out to the load boards and so through a lot of our product when partnerships with these firms we've really defined these first class apis to really communicate and how do you bid how do you negotiate how do you communicate availability instead of over the phone which takes time over apis so that we can quickly filter through the noise and get the right transactions through for the broker Excellent. Excellent. Well, again, I you, you hear a lot of, well, you guys have been in the news lately, but we'll get to that in just a minute. Before we get into that, how did you end up here? Tell us a little bit about you. Where'd you grow up? Where'd you go to school? Give us some sense of your career and your life before you founded Parade, Parade AI. <laughs> well, I grew up in the San Francisco Bay Area and went to school out in Berkeley, where my co-founder and I actually went to school together both running through the electrical engineering and computer science program there. And Berkeley is just such an amazing school, not only for being 
great public citizens, but also just a phenomenal AI program. And we really got to work with some of the brightest minds there uh, during my time there, doing a lot of work in computer vision and uh, Tony getting to work with the folks that created all the modern big data processing pipelines that exist at every firm today. And so very blessed to have worked with such amazing people and learned from these amazing people. But uh, I think Berkeley's also just had a really great spirit of entrepreneurship and innovation. How far is Berkeley from, say, uh, Silicon Valley in San Francisco? I don't even know. 30, 40 minute drive. And every single one of those Silicon Valley firms has some sort of incubation lab at, at Cal. Well, that's more and more and more. I'm talking to people who were born and raised in Silicon Valley, like you or San Francisco. And it's, it's, and more and more people, Stanford or, you know, MIT. It's, it's a, it's, I see from my, my vantage point, there's the techies and, uh, there, and there's the, uh, guys who are traditionally transportation logistics. And I think we're seeing a merger too, <laughs> as, we, as uh, we're getting the hybrids, probably more like you and your team. hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, uh, I mean, you know, at Berkeley, you know, we're solving the, the supply chain problems on from the trucking side, Ryan Peterson, CEO of Flexport, also a Cal alum and uh, has built really an amazing company too on just the, the freight forwarding side of enabling better supply chains. And so I think the Very nice. spirit of, the, the valley is to really go solve big problems. And I think that also goes towards just the, the way I grew up, given my uncles. and my, You came from a very successful entrepreneurial family, right? The uncles and my dad, they all really roll up their sleeves in building companies around semiconductors and really solving big problems that will empower everyone for decades to come. And that mentality is really what led us towards finding this opportunity to be so exciting as supply chain is the fabric of how everything moves in America. And uh, we think that there's a, there's a lot of problems to be solved though, too, too, to help fix yep. it. And, you know, it's interesting. I've talked to a lot of tech people and they always say, oh, I say, why did you choose to concentrate on uh, this business? And they always say the size of the opportunity, because there is a big, big uh, number associated with this industry. So, and, and I think to some extent, I've said this before on my podcast, being old enough to remember when the internet got here and we started trying to wire things, it was easy to wire your office, right? And, and even your four walls and people say, well, yeah, logistics and transportation lagged. Well, for good reason. There's a lot of different players who aren't necessarily owned by the same companies. There's a lot of people overseas that we're not necessarily connected to. So it took longer, but now, now that it's caught, it's like a wildfire. Now it's like it's a it's a race now. How fast the how fast can we wire everything? So exciting times. So what was your first job out of school? First job out of school is I am a software engineer. And so I've uh, really done that through well, even in school, during high school, building uh, Rust APIs, which is essentially a way to turn a computer resource and enable it to be connected on the internet as things are going digital. Let's bring things online. And so the first job was uh, in enabling the Department of Energy's supercomputers out in Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory, which is out in the East Bay here, to help those computers 
submit jobs online. So all these climate scientists you know, would submit these really intensive jobs and they have to log into these matrix-like interfaces to, <laughs> to submit a simulation. And with these new APIs, well, why don't we just do that online? How do we submit this without having to navigate all these archaic interfaces to go submit jobs? And so that really gave me a taste for my, my understanding of software engineering. And since then, I've got to work at some amazing places like Yelp and Uber as well. Oh, wow. Automating their background checks. And so it's uh, led me towards strong foundations in being a software engineer, but then going back to school at Berkeley, doing my master's, really had this itch towards solving big problems. And so I think that's where um, my, my third co-founder, Preet, his uncle drives a truck. And that's when we really got exposed oh, to these problems. Okay. And uh, we just saw, all right, he's calling this broker and, you know, they're, they're negotiating over the phone. This is crazy. We can, we can go solve this. And uh, we've learned a lot since then. It's been uh, six years or so since initially exploring and understanding the freight brokerage space, but, uh, and even having brokered freight ourselves over um, the initial years of starting our first company and when was your when did you guys open the door so you have you, you and your two partners and so when did you open the doors what was and what problem did you think you were going to go solve at that point yeah we thought trucking is huge software eats the world let's go disrupt this massive market and knew very little about freight brokerage itself in the beginning so in 2015 we spun up our own freight brokerage thinking there's a better way to do this yep Technology can help and technology can help. But, you know, at the end of the day, what we found here was that the opportunity in running the freight brokerage helped us understand this is what it means to broker freight. You got to manage exceptions. You got to make sure the driver is going to get, get a docking door at the scheduled time. All these offline ex execution interactions, we found ourselves building a lot of internal tools just to help us execute better. And we really, at that point, saw this opportunity, why can't everyone operate better? And so we shut down that freight brokerage and pivoted. And really, that became that inception of Parade, where we started Parade. It's cool that you actually brokered freight, though. So when you're talking to somebody and they say, dude, you don't understand what you're talking about, you're like, yeah, I do. <laughs> I actually lived through some of the, I yeah. lived through looking for trucks. So I'm not, I didn't come to this. Had I the didn't battle come scars to this from, from doing that. You didn't come here just from academics. You you actually, yeah, you, you've got the scars. So so you guys switched gears. And when did you make that switch? How long did you run the brokerage? We ran the brokerage for two years. And then we shut that down as uh, we realized, you know, what is this opportunity and built this great tech there's just a, such a big opportunity in enabling every single the 17,000 freight brokers out there in helping them go digital. And um, it really, you know, took, took a few iterations where we started with email reading as we were really great at our own ability to read our own texts and read emails that we were sending out to carriers at that time. How do we transport that technology to an actual brokerage firm that doesn't operate the way we did? Cause we were just, making up our own operations at that time. And so over time, that's where we started. And since then we've built more and more on how do you help the broker find and book trucks? And it's, it's complicated. There's a lot that goes along with it. There's a lot of data to be collected. There's a lot of data to process. Right. 
And so it's uh, it, I love what it's become today for our freight broker customers. Um, it did start off as just this one small, tiny little problem on reading emails and really expanded since then to being a full service platform for managing capacity. Yeah. You know, years ago I wrote an article and it was actually, I wrote it for uh, one of my (laughs) customers, but I I can, I can take credit now. It was called freight brokers versus the techies. And I was talking about this, this move that, you know, we started seeing convoy and Uber and some of these companies. And I remember saying, and I said this in a a positive way, uh, freight brokers are like cockroaches, meaning not, not that they're nasty people or anything, but they're survivors. Like they've been through the wars, right? You can't kill a cockroach. You can't kill the freight brokers. So I said, there would be a competitive response. There would be tools that would allow freight brokers to compete with these big tech centric um, companies, BC backed, obviously we know who we're talking about. And that's kind of what you guys are doing. You're saying, Hey guys, the war has begun and technology is one of the big weapons. Uh, and we'll sell you some. <laughs> Am I right? Well, it, there's there's a digital gold rush happening. Freight is going digital, and you know, to the credits of some of these digital freight brokers that have led the way, and what shipper digital expectations can look like, what carrier digital expectations can look like, and that being said, that they're great examples of what this could happen. But every business is different. Every logistics service offering has their own niche that they fulfill. And how do we empower all these different 3PLs and freight brokerages to really have a best-in-class technology solution that works with their operations, works for their customer types, they serve, and participate in this digital revolution. And so we get super excited as we think of ourselves as selling and building the picks and shovels in this digital gold rush towards making freight digital and corely focused on what we think is uh, the most important problem here. Just how do you go find trucks and get them secured onto loads? Yep. As as I mentioned, my last podcast was with the last one I published was with Don Salvucci Favier and that's on dynamic pricing. So that's another, her sweet spot is the similar to your sweet spot, which is I'm going to help freight brokers solve these problems. You're And so she's on that side, on the pricing side, you're on the other side, which is on the carrier side. How do I help them get carriers? How do I, and, and, and even if I have, even if they say I have 40,000 trucks, you say, I can help you better manage that because as you use the term Rolodex, and I know they don't actually have Rolodex, but it might as well be a Rolodex where you're just kind of manually scrolling and going, hey, how about XYZ over there in Idaho? <laughs> I haven't talked to them in a while. Go to their website, you know, call them up. Well, yeah, right? <laughs> well, we, we've been at our freight brokerage customers' offices and before parade, there's... I remember distinctly, there's a monitor and here's DAT on this screen. Here's TMS on this screen. And here's all these sticky notes from the calls that they had throughout the week on key relationships that they had, where where they're going to run five trucks today. And that information is valuable. You just got to get it digitized, get it stored and put it in a way so that everyone at the firm at a brokerage can utilize at the same time. Right. So, I'm convinced I need a better tool for getting carriers because I'm spending way too much time looking for a carrier and getting a price, right? So I have a TMS and then you call me and you say, hey, I can help you do this better. And I go, well, I've got all my carriers. I, I can access them through my TMS. How do I, if I should say, yeah, Anthony, show me. How do I interact with you guys? How do, you, how do we connect? Yeah, 
so we have really great partnerships with a lot of different TMS companies and we layer on top of the TMS. So TMS as man is responsible for managing the full life cycle of the entire brokerage workflow all the way down to payments and paying out people does all these really complex things where we fit in is, you know, we'll come in and we go through this cycle and understanding their business operations, but then we'll pull out the data on available loads and historical loads, as well as looking at all their carriers. And that's where we, you know, we, the, the application itself and our customer onboarding process helps drive this education and helping all right, broker. This is the plan to help begin understanding your carrier base. And these are the tools to navigate searching your own data and where all this other public data comes in. You can bring this all to just, here's a list of carriers for every single one of your loads. And that's done through uh, this portal that we provide to our brokers and what we call the capacity workbench. Uh, and that's starting point number one. Let me make sure I'm in the I'm on the same page. So uh, you mentioned the transportation management system. So I'll, I'll use Turbo because I'm familiar with what they're up to. So Turbo's got their, that's almost the, the framework that every, so it used to be a transportation management system would say, we are going to execute every one of these functions ourselves. So if somebody wants to check a license, we will develop an app so they can check that, or I should say a connection, right? But now what they're looking, those are more and more, those are frameworks where they say there's a best in class solution that will connect and yours is one of them that you connect via API. So it doesn't mean when I get Turbo or whatever TMS that I'm I'm connected to you, but I haven't necessarily turned you on. But once that once I turn you on, you're we're already connected. No long implementation, right? Exactly. Exactly. There's a standard way of integrating with Turbo with McLeod. And a lot of the, all our TMS partners, and here's the TMS. Let's supercharge your capacity management capabilities. And once you know the integration is standard, and once we flip on switch, these are all the new things you can do on finding and booking a truck. Whether it's actually going in and exploring your own data in more of a uh, prioritized way, or actually automating the transaction. So what you know, what kind of rules can we put in place, and what kind of functionality can we enable for carriers to go self-book freight, self-serve freight, and really get themselves booked onto the lows without having uh, a person navigate some, some some of those transactions. So, Anthony, so let's just say I'm a, a, a 3PL or broker, and I have, I have all these, I have carrier relationships, I have all my system, uh, and then I start working with you. Are you working, are you helping me do work better with my existing or are you saying, in addition to your existing, I'm going to connect you to other other places that have capacity, say like a DAT? Capacity management is being able to manage any form of capacity. So that a key component of that is, you know, the school of thought on how do I reuse my carriers? And so, all right, let's take that network of 20,000 carriers that you got out there. Really, a brokerage, though, is only using maybe... 300 to 500 of those on a recurring basis where there's a true strong relationship with them. And, you know, strong relationships with carriers are good. You get better service. You know how you know the service that you're going to expect from them. Payments are more streamlined. And there might be even some sweeter deals on longer term contract-like opportunities with them. And so how do we build more of those more quickly? 
and pre-enables customers to do that by really giving them the tools to identify all the data that you didn't even know that they ran. Because before you would have to call them up, hey, what lanes are you running this week or next week? Store that manually. And instead, we're automatically connect, collecting all this information through email clicks, through carrier searching on load boards, through reading emails on just them saying that they have capacity in certain areas. All this different data gets mashed up into this ever-changing, reprofiled carrier profile. And that's really accelerated our broker's abilities to just understand what their carriers are right. doing. And so that, that's one school of thought that's really important in how a broker manages their in-network carriers. Then there's the carriers that are on DAT. You know, you're not always going to have the right carriers within your network to fulfill every single shipment that you've committed yourself to. And so when you're trying to find a new carrier out there to work with, how do I go find out that they're without wasting too much time? Because today you post out to DAT, you post out to drug stop, and it ends up becoming an inbound phone call or an email for the most part. And that takes time. You get to build a relationship, but how do we accelerate that? And so we've worked with some of these key partners like DAT, but also a lot of these other marketplaces out there like trucking, trucker path, one, two, three, load board to digitize these interactions so that the carriers on these various marketplaces, instead of calling in, they can bid, they can book. And that goes directly into the parade system so that these transactions can be accelerated. How do we just speed up the volume that a person can process using our tools? Right. So I want to clarify a few things. And I want you to tell me how AI works a little bit and how you use it. But one of the things you touched on was we have carriers and we recognize that if I can work with a few, not few carriers, however many carriers, I want those relationships to be deeper. And when I was running a 3PL, I was, uh, I would have carriers stop in or call me and we have conference calls or whatever. And there'd be, Hey, we want, we want this. We want that. They, they would tell me what lanes they wanted. We would talk about the lanes they were moving for me. And, and I remember doing this saying, Hey, bring some of my guys in. Let's, let's try and use them for this lane and this lane. And, and to your point, they would walk out with sticky notes, slap them up on their computer. And not so long after that, they would call and say, Hey, Joe, I thought you were going to try and get us more of that lane. And I was like, Oh, well, uh, let me pull up the system. They go, I can tell you, we didn't do any more in those things. So I go, hey, guys, why are we using them? They're like, I don't know. We have these other guys. And it was always kind of just anecdotal, right? It was just, there wasn't a process. So what you're saying is you're, you, you're really happy with this carrier and they want to work a few more lanes for you. And we're going to help that. We're going to facilitate that by reminding, but that by having the system queue, hey, here it is. And and those those relationships matter because you made a point. You get a better deal. There's a count familiarity. I like it when the same carrier picks up my one of my shippers and they say, "Oh, I know Bob. Bob picks up every Wednesday." There's a a, a grease to the system. Things just work at that point. So I want that, and I don't want to work with randoms. Right? I will, and they will. But ideally, uh, I say this all the time. I don't want to date. I don't want to be engaged. I want to be married <laughs> to my to my partners in this business. <laughs> yeah. And when you're married, you 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 take the phone calls, you have the, the difficult conversations, and you work things out. <laughs> when you're when you're dating, you're like, hey, sorry, it didn't work out. Bye bye. 
hundred percent. And, you know, I think the challenge in developing these recurring relationships faster is just not knowing what else they can do. And well, without really picking up the phone and calling the, the thousand carriers in your network or 10,000. And getting a sticky network. note for each one. <laughs> right. And so, you know, the way we've applied AI to help solve that problem is that we do one, collect a lot of data from a lot of different data sources. You know, what I mentioned before, search data, FMCSA inspection data, there's all these different data sources, but it's dirty. It's not, it's not the um, cleanest form of data. I'll give you an example. If a tr- trucking company sends an email in and say, hey, I, I've got a truck in uh, Dallas. Okay, what equipment do you have? Where do you want to go? And they usually don't list that out in an email because they assume the person that's worked with them over email already knows that top of mind, but the system doesn't know that. And so we use AI to, all right, well, we see that this person typically ships a dry van out of Dallas, especially on these days. And they typically like to go to the Northeast corridor as well. And so we use elements of historical data and being able to just inject better quality data so that, all right, not only did we read this email, which is one form of AI, but then we sprinkled in other ways of doing, in, in enriching the data set so that, all right, we also know that they have a drive in now. We also know that they probably want to go to the Northeast so that the data is now usable in a way so that the, the broker, instead of being, having all that background knowledge somehow or not at all, now it's at the fingertips. I can't learn. Even if you gave me all that, all those emails that Joe, I'm going to give you all these emails and you were to figure this out short of sticky notes that don't do me any good. I can't learn it all. I can't process it all, but AI can, right? And even if it's dirty, I'm, I'm assuming you can keep cleaning it and every iteration gets a little better, right? Exactly. Exactly. Where, you know, we'll, we'll actually respond to those emails on the broker's behalf. Hey, well, here, here's some loads out of uh, out of Dallas going out to the Northeast. And, uh, you know, we'll even sprinkle in some that are maybe going to the Midwest as well. And based off of what the carrier ends up clicking, you know, that helps fuel an understanding of, did we get it right? Did we understand it? And that all goes back into the parade system, helps reprofile and understand the carriers furthermore. So, so you're working with a lot of companies now, a lot of brokers. And do you, do you use the information from, let's just say there's one broker you're working with, do you take all the information from that and make it anonymous and use it for the next broker? No, no, that's a, that's a great, thank you for bringing that up. And that just that we take pride in our ability to build best in class systems for the broker. Every broker has a unique competitive advantage in how they manage their relationships with key carriers. And so every single piece of data is siloed. So one broker and all the data that we pull together from all these public data sources, it's just for them. And we have to do the same work again, all over from zero for the next customer that we bring on. Right. And so that, but that, what that does is that enables truly a unique way of interpreting, you know, what, where are my key carrier relationships? What do I know that my competitors don't know and manage that from within? I think for, you know, something that's more of like what you just mentioned, there, there's some, probably some tools out there that share data. And, uh, you know, I think that begs the question of, you know, how do we just consume that data? 
And there's a, there's a tool that we integrate with today called Truckload Co-op, which is a or cooperative, I believe, which is a Project 44 solution that enables brokers to share their data and share their where delivering trucks are going. And that's valuable data. So if uh, a, a parade customer has a Project 44 truckload cooperative subscription, they can automatically consume all that data, bring that in and use that as part of our data prioritization process of understanding what the carriers want to do. And so I, I guess the, just to back up a bit, the way one data is isolated, but really parade is a tool to really understand their carrier base. And so wherever they're, whatever subscriptions that they have, whatever data that they can get their hands on will help them come through that right. and best use it for their own purposes. Right. And I think when you keep it all, so you're not creating, you're not saying I made this information anonymous and I got, you know, all, all the companies you work with, you haven't taken all their data and you make a good point. So we might, you might own a trucking company and I might own a brokerage, but we might be in very different type of customers. Or you might say, look, I'm only working with companies who really want, we, we work with very inexpensive carriers and we're, we're only cherry picking down at the bottom. Right. And then there's somebody who says, we have brand new trucks. Everything we do is high end. Well, you compare, take that data and take all the, and, and share their data. There is a, it, fundamental mismatch because their businesses are different. So it makes some sense to keep it siloed. And again, I think I think we're all learning from uh, the data scientists like yourself who are taking big chunks of data and trying to make this business better. And uh, you have to tell us what works because we, we're, all, we're all trying to figure that out. We're, we're just taking the sticky notes off our computers so we can start using stuff like Parade AI. So let's talk a little bit about your company. So you started in 2015, two years as a freight broker. So you, you got those scars, you got those, you still have the, you still wake up in the night thinking I didn't cover that load. <laughs> and, yep. so, Sunday afternoon, sometimes I go. What am I, I used to say when I, that's the only business I've ever been in where you come home and you go, did I send that email? Did I do that? What? And, and, I, and I call one of my guys, did that happen? Yeah. They go, why do you always do this to me? I go, I just, I, I got home. I forgot. But anyway, talk a little bit about your company's growth. Uh, so you started it really more in a, this, you know, switching gears to help other brokers. And that's your sweet spot, brokers, in 2017. So talk about your growth. I know you've got a lot of people working over there now. Talk about how you've managed that and with you and your two partners. Yeah, the uh, it started with iterating on a very, very focused problem. We've always been customer focused. Are we truly solving the right problem for the broker? And that took time. It really it took time to find the right iteration. We started with email reading. We went into and we built this white labeled carrier portal and where each one of our brokers now can have their carriers go self-serve, log in and go self-book freight. We built out this capacity workbench. And over time, we built out more and more of these modules to deliver a full service capacity management platform. Uh, and to do that, brought in really one great venture capital firms that believed in us early. Some of them are exclusive to just funding Berkeley startups like the house fund. But then over time, we've also brought in amazing strategic investors where we've got great freight tech leaders and a lot of freight tech companies that 
understand the vision that we're going for here and enabling brokers to do more with less. And that's where the industry is headed as well. And they've really seen that we've been able to deliver that for our early customers and hope to bring that to all freight brokers as well. And so I think their, their support is important because it really helps build a coalition as freight is hard. There's going to take, it's going to take a lot of talent. It's going to take a lot of great minds collaborating together and working together to help change the industry. And so I think that that's brought us to, I think more recently, our series A milestone. So we, we just crossed or we just announced rather the series A with Menlo Ventures could not be more thrilled to be partnered. Oh, congratulations. Thank you. They've got tons of supply chain investments across the board and us being more particularly within the freight brokerage realm. And so very excited to be working with them. Tons of experience operating great companies as well. And we cannot be more excited to also just uh, triple our team size over the next year. Is that the plan? So is that you're going to spend the money on? So is that going to be on tech talent, on sales talent, both? Sounds like you're going to grow a lot. (laughs) All of the above, as uh, I think we need to continue to invest in our customers, where that's how do we help our customers get towards digitization even faster? How do we take key learnings that we've learned in enabling some of our top freight broker customers are now operating at 36% of their freight volume, fully digital on a monthly basis, which is huge. So what do you mean by that fully digital? Explain what you mean by that. Contrast it with the existing way and fully digital. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, before parade, there is no digital. So it'd be at 0%, which is, we take a ruthless approach towards tracking our metrics here. Are we actually making freight digital for our customers? And that's everything is tracked. All the reporting is there so that our customers can see the progress. But more importantly, we are accountable for making sure that we're delivering on the outcomes that we have promised. And so for for fully digital means that a carrier clicked this button on a load that says book now, and it goes all the way back into the TMS self-assigns the carrier to the load, automatically sends the rate confirmation, and they can begin on executing on the load. And so all the cruft of, oh, well, was insurance right? Uh, Do we have to do any negotiation? All that is compressed to nothing. And that's that's for our top customers at 36% of their monthly freight volume, which is a huge time savings because before it took you know, a person to navigate 10, 12 loads per day per person. And if you can just do, well, now 20, 30% more freight, that's, that's a big opportunity for them there. So you're, you're envisioning, you guys will get better and better at this. And at some point you'll say, I will need fewer people in the middle. There'll be people in the middle because somebody has to deal with the exception. Somebody has to manage that relationship, but let's just say the routine, the standard are going to happen just fully digital. And when there's a problem, that's when you step in. And so I think I say this all the time on my podcast. I think this is where we in the industry have to find different and better ways to add value. And I think it's going to be those data insights. It's going to be advice on, hey, you guys, if you just let us know a few days earlier on these loads, we can save you some money, right? It's not so much I cut my margin, right? The margins will probably come down a little bit in the space because the cost per load is coming down. And we need fewer people, but this is exciting because I, I think I, I think 
I say this all the time to young people who talk to me about their career. And I always say, a lot of the stuff you're doing today is going to be done by, you know, AI or machine learning, whatever you want to call it, it's automated. So what is incumbent on you is become an expert in your space. So if you're moving stuff for retailers, become a retail supply chain guy, not just a guy who gets trucks for retailers. <laughs> so I think more and more we're going to. Yeah. Well, and, and just, you know, to, to our, our thinking here is that people just need the best tools to do more. They need to be able to scale on managing a thousand loads per day. How, how do you do that? You don't have the tools today because people aren't doing that today. And so we can get there, but once you have that possibility and the tools are there, how do you get a more deeper understanding of your customers? How, how do you orchestrate more complicated supply chain workflows for the, the end customer? And so I think this will enable that. And I'm excited to what, you know, what comes that follows. We've still got our work ahead of us here. And so, you know, you asked earlier, what's in store for parade this next year? It's, it's tripling our headcount, but the core focus is how do we digitize more of the freight interactions and, you know, how do Excellent. We enable more of an automated negotiation to, to the carriers out there and really manage more key relationships at scale. And so this is going to take a lot of people, a lot of engineering, and to really innovate in delivering solutions that don't exist today. Nobody, nobody has any tools that enable them to operate at that scale. That's fantastic. So talk a little bit about how, how do you and your partners uh, deal with, you made some changes. You were started as freight brokers and you had to make, you made this pivot to more of a, you know, sell, helping freight brokers. So talk about like, I'm sure you've had some, some dark days, some difficult days uh, uh, with that pivot and other things is this growth. It's only natural. How do you kind of deal with that personally? How how do you and your partners kind of manage that? Is there an algorithm? Work with fun. <laughs> algorithm is working with fun people and uh, working with just great people. I think it, at the end of the day, it boils down to the grit that I think the founders had in navigating and the vision that we've had. And really, look, freight's going digital. We just need to find the right mechanism and keep trying to solve the problem there's a big problem here let's figure it out and and we've um i think we've embodied that culture with the people we've hired as well we've really brought together so it's the right culture just such an amazing team of folks that want to solve hard problems but also have a lot of industry experience and have gone through the grind as well in understanding like look we want to be super customer focused we want to be challenging the status quo and ultimately inventing to simplify this entire ecosystem in freight. And, and so I think that the people that we brought on, we really look for those qualities and have done, an, I think, phenomenal. Well, I feel like a phenomenal job, but also feel incredibly blessed just to be working with so many freight tech leaders that have joined our company in just in that same mentality and mission. So are you guys all based on the West Coast? All across. We're remote first, all across the U.S. We've got three people in San Francisco, a handful in San Diego, a handful in Seattle, Boise, Virginia, Cleveland. We are a remote first culture. Well, that'll that'll help as you grow and as you try and get closer to freight brokers who are obviously across the countries. You know, not, not a bad idea to be kind of close to the customer. So 
That's uh, that's fantastic. So let's wrap this bad boy up. How does how do companies reach out to you? And and again, who's your sweet spot? Who are you working with? Yeah, we love to work with anybody that wants to help digitize this entire space. And so, you know, I, I talked earlier about this coalition of partners that we have in enabling freight to go digital. And so, working with us doesn't just mean being a freight broker. Today, the, a lot of you know any single freight broker can use Parade. We have a lot of mid-market freight brokerages, more and more SMB freight brokerages, leveraging Parade to run their carrier sales operations. With that being said, you know in order to transform this industry, we uh, we work really with a lot of technology partners as well. You know, how do we work with best-in-class solutions to deliver a unified solution that moves the industry forward? So all across the board, we're excited to chat with really everyone in the truckload space. That being said, uh, our, you know, if you're looking to digitize your freight brokerage operations, we'd love to chat and they can drop us a line on our website. Yeah. What I'll do is I'll put a link to your website in the show notes and I'll put a link to your LinkedIn profile and any other links you give me. But so you're working again with those freight brokers, could be small, medium, and, and, and even larger, and, and, and who knows where it's all going. So you're, as you made the point, I want to talk to anybody who's in the truckload space, right? Because who knows? I mean, a few years ago, you pivoted from freight brokerage to we're going to help freight brokers. Who knows where you'll be in a few years? I mean, as you guys can to continue your march to digitize. And I think it's exciting because I think we're seeing the big, big companies who can digitize, who are spending a lot on tech, the Uber Freights, the Convoys, LoadSmart, others, and good for them. But I think what's happening now is the same tools that they're developing are now going to be available to smaller and mid-sized companies. It's, and and what's always been a crazy thing about this business is when you guys are in tech show up and say, hey, this is this is the way business is going to be done. And then you go, there could be a guy who says, I, I built this great freight brokerage. What do you mean I can't be in business anymore because I'm not a techie? And there's, you know, I think you get to a certain age where you kind of go, I've made some money. I've done, I've done well by my customers. And now you say I have to somehow become a higher engineer. Well, this is the solution. You don't have to buy higher engineers. You have to hire partners who can help you, you know, get, get up that mountain without, without becoming a tech guy going back to school. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think um, I'm I'm excited. There's so much opportunity in enabling everyone to go digital. And we're uh, we're just thankful for all of our early customers that have seen us through the thick of it in the beginning, believed in us, and I think what you know we uh, continue to deliver. You're proving it out, man! Congratulations, Anthony. Thank you so much for taking the time. I really appreciate it, and and thanks for educating me. This is this stuff is all coming so quickly. I always feel like if I don't know it, there's a whole bunch of other people who don't know what they're t- know it either. So I apologize for all the dumb questions, but uh, you clarified what I was by uh lots of innovation happening really fast yep well thank you so much for taking the time all right thanks for having me on joe yep and thank all of you for listening to my podcast your support is very much appreciated until next time onward and upward you've been listening to the logistics of logistics podcast where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field for more details visit the logistics of logistics.com or follow joe lynch on linkedin